Welcome back to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. My name is Rohan. As always, drop those five stars. Follow if you enjoy the content. Helps us out a ton. Let's us know that you enjoy the content as well. Joining me today to rank the five best strikers of all time, Gareth and James. How are we? Amazing. Hello. hello. Full English crew today. I'm counting myself as English. Britain. Ooh, Brexit. Britain, Ooh. mate. It's coming home, mate. Yeah. yeah. Fucking time to get in. Yeah. So <laughs> the reason we're not doing 10 is if you listen to our last episode, it was two hours long, and it was a good two hours though. It was a it, it was, was a quality two hours. We but, get carried away, but it's just like you know a bit too long for you guys. I'm sure the listeners, you guys are very busy. You don't have two hours in your day, so we cut it down to five, which I think made it even harder to a degree. Mm. Um, at, at least in my perspective, I don't know your your thoughts about that, guys. Yeah, because you. Oh yeah, definitely. You, You've not got like, okay, I can leave them at like ninth because that's still top 10, you know, because usually you've got a top three is like sorted and then the other two. And then instead of having like seven or five positions, depending on how how solidified your top three or five is, you've only got then two positions Yeah, when there's like an argument for about 15 players, arguably. I mean, when I make my top 10 list, basically like one, two and three are sorted. Mm. But like four to eight, it completely interchangeable for the most part. Yeah, and then nine and ten is like again. There's so many people you could give a shout to, depending on your perspective. But that's what that's what we want. We want to like cut it down to the very best. So true, true. We we made some executive decisions. The list only seven players long, so a lot of agreement in general. Okay, I would say. So yeah. let's kick it off at number seven. The man with an award named after him, Frank Puskas. Only on James's list, actually. In at last with one point. Now, James, why don't you take it away and and say why he went on your list? Uh, well, for starters, you're right. He has an award named after him, uh, which is a, a, <laughs> and, and that's for goal quality of goal scoring. So that's just quite a lot about him. But it's not just quality of goal; it's quantity of goal. Frank Puskas. Um, he's got over. I, <sighs> I want to say he's got nearly 800 goals. He's not far off. So at least on Wikipedia here, it's got uh, just over just over uh, just over 600. But that does that's only like league, I believe, mm. and um, goals for the national team. Um, yeah, really good goal scorer. Very long career as well. Surprisingly, he played until he's 39 at Real Madrid. Started when he was 16 wow. at Budapest Honved. Which that's a long career, especially for the era he was playing in. Like that's mm. that's impressive. Um, like I say, scored goals wherever he went, whether it's for Budapest, Honved, Real Madrid, Hungary. And it was the early years of that Real Madrid side. Now, whether you want to call that legit or not, whatever. The goals are still there. The facts are still there. He scored, I believe it was four goals. And he's the only player to score four goals in the European Cup final um, against Eintracht Frankfurt, which is no mean feat. Um, I believe it's 84 goals for Hungary as well, at least before Cristiano Ronaldo was the highest scoring European international goal scorer. Mm. Um, and I wanted to talk quick, quickly about the Hungary side he was in, because no matter how much success he's had with Real Madrid, that Hungary side is so famous, potentially the, the greatest losers, probably them and uh, the Dutch side of the 70s, and, yeah. and like neck and neck. Um, he was, I mean, there are many team, many players, Many, many goal scorers. He was kind of that guy with uh, Sandor Kocic. I don't know how to pronounce it. I got told off to pronounce it wrong. Yeah, I always bottle that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird one. Um, scored in pretty much in uh, every group stage game. Scored in the final. 
this is kind of why if, if he won the World Cup, he would have been higher. He absolutely mm. would have been higher. And he was harsh. It was it was harsh that he lost that World Cup, considering he was was he injured. He, um, he was injured for uh, a, a few games, and then in the final, yeah. he was like just coming back from injury. So yeah, he was coming like... back from injury, scored after six minutes, and he did score as well near the end. But it, mm. there's no definitive proof where it was on or offside. But the the, yeah, uh, the footage is so like, the, so, footage like is terrible. The, the myth is that he mm. was onside. But yeah, this dude. If you go to Hungary, they are like adamant that yeah. he's onside. Like it's they, they're dead. like really angry about it. I would be because like that's their golden generation, yeah, and they see yeah. that they were robbed. But yeah, um, arguably they should have won that. But then the underdog story with West Germany is again great as well. Yeah. So I feel like just you know he's been part of three teams who have probably who probably their greatest ever era, and they were very strong teams as well. I think it's just hard to to like to uh, leave him out. So Gareth, why did you leave him out? Quite the I, resume. Yeah, I mean, there's so many that you could put in here, um, in in this spot. And for me, when it comes to like something, someone like Pushkas, I know a lot about him, but like there's you know limited footage and stuff like that, and so it's it's just hard for me to like get a full understanding of just how good he was, um, and I don't. And obviously, like everyone goes, oh, you know, it it was back in the day, and the quality wasn't good enough. I don't like to, especially on these lists. I don't want to, like to judge players like that. Um, but yeah, it is just a a thing of like for me, it was like there are a few names um in there that I I didn't put in my list. Pushcast was one of them that I considered, and like James said, if he had won a World Cup, maybe that just tips the balance of going. Yeah, I mean, I I've only got a limited amount of knowledge of him, but the record speaks for itself. He went and won everything. And yeah, that's the thing. Um, my number five, uh, we'll probably get onto him soon, but there is also an element of bias in there potentially. Um, <laughs> I will acknowledge that. It was a really hard one. And I think ultimately it just came down to my perspective on what I've seen effectively. But um, yeah, I think Pushkas is obviously unbelievable player. Um, the, the footage that is out there, um, he seems like he was just an unbelievable player. Like James said, not just the amount of goals, but just the way he played the game. It wasn't even just the goals as well. His all-round game, um, from what I've seen, was just fantastic. Um, no, yeah. So yeah, it, it was. But that—that's purely it. There's multiple people you could put in here, and he just didn't make my cut. No, I'm I'm with you there. If I put him in, it would be based off literally clout, and he has a lot of clout <laughs> to go off of. But I just haven't seen him. Yeah. Enough, and a lot of these players, um, my list is somewhat differently ranked than y'all's, and it's partially just because I haven't seen them enough. Like a lot of these players mm. were playing thirty years before I was born, so yeah. so it was it'd be hard for me to put them in. So which is why in number six we have Usabia, who was also only on James's list. Really, I'm quite surprised by that. Yeah, because he's one of my favorite players. <laughs> wow. Okay. Fair enough. I um, yeah he's I, he's saved me numerous times on FIFA but <laughs> <laughs> yeah Take I get away James I'm very surprised he's not on here you know just an astronomical goal scorer probably put there is still an argument whether he's Portugal's greatest player or not I'm I'm not there for that I still think it is Cristiano Ronaldo yeah um hmm. again just the one thing I will say is and this might be this is this is more to the fact that he was 33 when he left Benfica he only really did it for that side. Um, but what he did for that side was just remarkable. Multiple league titles, mul- multiple Taco de Portugal's, 
Scored a lot of goals for Portugal as well. Was it nine goals in the 66 World Cup? I believe. Was it 10? Was it 10? Nine or 10, something like that. Even better. I think think it was nine, actually, yeah. Yeah, ridiculous numbers. Um, And he won the the European Cup for Benfica. Was it their first one? No, I don't think it was. I think it was their second European Cup. So to win second in a row. Yeah, because, yeah, that was it. Because the story goes that Eusebio signed for Benfica but because he signed from Benfica, sorry, because he signed from Sporting Lisbon's feeder club in uh, Mozambique, where he was born, mm. he couldn't play for Benfica. He was in hiding for a year. Wow. Be- yeah, crazy story. Yeah. So Ben, so you say it would have been that first European Cup final, but he couldn't play. But this play? dude just got a phenomenal career. I think it's just a, and you hear what people say about him as well. Like when I was growing up as well, it was. It was weird. It never felt like a Maradona versus Pele. This this might just be like a a bias type of thing, like people tell you different things. But it was always Eusebio versus Pele. Mm. I don't know if anyone else had that, but that's what yeah. it always seemed like to me. And not 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 when I was growing up, but um, I I, I didn't gather that. But I've from when I've watched documentaries, when I've been reading articles about that era of football, the debate was very much like these are the two best players in the world. And yeah. um, for a period, there's definitely an argument that Eusebio was the better player, uh, for sure. Um, again, I've only seen limited from that, so I can't make a, f- my, a full judgment on that. I can only see like little bits and see what people who were there said and watching th- these documentaries and stuff. Um, but yeah, Eusebio, like there was a period where he arguably was the better player, especially that like mid to late sixties where Pele just had like a few little issues. Obviously, the sixty-six yeah. World Cup where uh, Eusebio basically beats Brazil. Um, uh, yeah, like that's obvi- obviously there. And then obviously Pele had. I, I mentioned this in the greatest players of all all time uh, podcast that we did earlier this week, but there was that rivalry between them where they played in the international cup, then the world cup, and they played in the NASL as well in, in America. And I think Eusebio came out two one on top, but obviously the, the, the one in America doesn't really count, but they were effectively yeah. one for one for competitive matches. They did play a bunch of friendlies internationally as well. And Pele won most of those, but um in terms of competitive matches, they were kind of one for one. It was kind of seen as, you know, Pele had the early side of the 60s and then Eusebio had that late side. But then when Pele won that third World Cup, it kind of just that oh, yeah. kind of ended the debate for a lot of people. So, the, again, in Portugal, there's probably a different argument for, from some people. But, yeah. The, the good thing about Eusebio is that um, he was a little bit later than Pushkas, so there is better footage at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he also played for a team called Boston Minutemen, which just puts him up. <laughs> Way high. Wild. Wild name. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think maybe I've made a mistake in not putting Eusebio in, but but I just couldn't figure out who to take off of my top five for mm, yeah. Eusebio. I mean, he'd be sixth, no I doubt. I mean, 733 goals in 745 matches. Like, yeah, crazy record. Yeah. yeah. Eusebio is, like, one of my favorite players of all time. When I was growing up watching old DVDs and especially World Cup stuff, that 66 World Cup, like, it's just, like, etched into my mind. Um, And just how explosive he was, especially for the time, is just unreal. There are very few players who could match that, Um, Pele being one of them, perhaps, although I don't think he's quite as explosive as as Eusebio, but then he's got all that ability that that kind of makes up for that as well i've Um, I've just seen here that he is the second highest 
uh, pre-Champions League goal scorer behind uh, Alfredo Di Stefano with 48 goals as yeah. well. Wow. So he did it in Europe as well. Oh yeah, he was it was great for Benfica. Yeah. Like, um the, it wasn't it in uh was it 68 where they reached the final and lost to Man United? Uh yes, that's like the 3-1. Yeah, against like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So he could have won another one as well like you said he he could have been in that squad if if he wasn't in hiding could have won like he only has the one um European Cup but it easily could have been three. Um, I don't think uh, Portugal were ever going to win a World Cup in that era. I just don't think. I mean, they could have beaten England and then you never know because that you was a close know, yeah. game. But um, I don't think they had the overall squad to do it, which is, you know, where, whereas when you compare it to like a pushcast, they did have the squad and then um, it was unfortunate situ- situation. So I don't think it's too fair to judges like his failures or not failures, but his lack of winning things internationally because of how good he was. And then he was dragging that Portugal team as well. But yeah, he's an unbelievable player. And again, it's the same reason I didn't put Pushkas in, in my top five. It's just like, I've seen a limited amount. There's a little bit of bias on who I put fifth. And um, I, I think it's just a, a tough one where you could, you could, you know, you could toss it up between multiple people as well. So that's well fair. in it fifth, the person Gareth had at fifth, Thierry Henry, he was so. fourth on mine, fifth on Gareth's, and not on James's. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and defend myself here. The reason he's on mine and even higher than where he is on Gareth's is I've actually seen him play. I've seen him mm-hmm. play like on TV. So that adds a lot to this for me. Um, so that's why I think he's probably the greatest French striker of all time. Is that crazy to say? No. For now, for now, uh, Mbappe, if we're calling him a striker, would overtake him, I think. But yeah, for now. Yeah, so so that's my my defense in putting Henri fourth. Um, Gareth, you had him in at fifth. Yeah, and I am an Arsenal fan again, so there is a bit of bias. I grew up watching Thierry. Um, even when he left, mm-hmm. like I remember um, there are a few Arsenal fans in my school and one of them was in tears, just absolutely gutted. And the other one was like, he's a snake blower. I was just like, <laughs> I was just grateful to have seen him play, to be honest. Like, that's how highly I thought of him. Part of the reason I put him in fifth is not just pure bias. Um, I do think there's an argument he's amongst those those greats for sure. Um, but for me, it was his all-round game. He could do everything. And it was kind of like... Uh, it wasn't to the extent of like a Drogba where he just dominates in a defence, but like Honoré can pin a defender, um, bring others into play. Um, he loved to drift out and play wide. So, you know, at times he was effectively playing as a winger as well, um, but still getting all those goals. Yeah. Um, his assist record, there's obviously the season he's got 20 goals, 20 assists. Like it's crazy. It's just his all round game for me. The fact it's a bonus that he's won everything there is to win. Obviously he won the champions league with arguably, well, it it wasn't actually the greatest team of all time, but that Barcelona team in those years arguably was obviously the 2011 version was, was better, but 2009 still an unbelievable team. Um, So yeah, he did do it in like a ridiculous team, but still, um, and you know, Messi's there, but it wasn't prime Barcelona by that point. Uh, The world cup he did win. Obviously he didn't start the final. Um, but throughout that World Cup, he was uh, a, a key player to France's success, scored three goals. So um, I think people sometimes try to like make it so that he wasn't like because he didn't score in many finals. Um, they act like he wasn't a big game player. He scored in against every big team he yeah. played against. Um, like, obviously, if only he just scored that goal in the Champions League final, Arsenal would have won it. 
And then I think his legacy, I think a lot of people, I think most people probably would put him in the top five if he had done that. So, but ultimately he didn't, but he still, he still managed to win everything. And, but yeah, for me, it's just the all round game effectively. The goal record is obviously great as well, but like, like James has pointed out the goals of Pushkas and Eusebio, they've obviously got more, but that all round game, the fact I got to, I've got to see so many games of him definitely helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's it for me. And I will acknowledge a little bit of bias as well. James, how come he wasn't on yours? So James is a Liverpool fan. Um, I am. True. Um, and he more hates less because... the French. So, he hates them. And that that's, as that's, well. That's Crazy. Fair. That's um, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that but it's fair. more the fact that I see Henri, like, for, like, disclaimer, we've not put Ronaldo or Messi in these. Um, They're not strikers, that's, that's why. I thought the same of Henri as well. He, I, he won the World Cup as a left winger. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I, I consider him the greatest Premier League player of all time. And he was yeah, predominantly a striker for all I that. I think everyone agrees on that. Absolutely fine. But I just, a little bit like Messi and Ronaldo, he's played a lot of his career at left wing as well. And but even at Barcelona. That's fair. He was mm. that wide. It's he was more, I think he behind Merchant too at Barcelona, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he had all those players playing him through. It was, it, it was, a, little, it was a little easy for him. It's cheat um, code. Yeah, I mean, in New but, York Red Bulls, he was the striker, I think. I think so. most of his career, he's. I think if you looked on transfer marked, it would say like 400 games as a striker, 300 as a winger or something like that, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know exactly so, what it... So, so fair mostly split. as a striker, so, so but fair, yeah, completely it is. understandable. I can understand the reason. Also, even just uh, objectively, if, if you do count them as a striker, Pushkas or Eusebio, they're fair shouts to have over Henri as well, so... Yeah, uh, 322 games as a centre-forward. Only 108 is a left winger. I'm being a bit too okay. harsh on him. Okay. Still, though, like, yeah, still a lot of games. I still, yeah. that's a lot of games. So, mm. okay, let's move into third, where we have, excuse me, where we have a tie. So, no fourth place. We have Jared Muller and R9. So, Muller was last on mine, second on James's, third on Gareth's. R9 was second on mine, third on Gareth's, and not on James's. So, me and Jay, uh, me and Gareth gave R9 some pretty good ratings. I I had him second, um, and I had Muller last. Muller, for me, I already haven't seen him play, and yeah, that's literally it. Like, I just haven't seen him play. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, what, he played in 71, 72, like, those years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 70s, 60s, 70s, yeah. Yeah, 60s, 70s, like. Out of out of my depth, um, <laughs> R nine. I've actually like. There's more recent highlights of him. Of course, all of what I'm watching is mixtapes, and like, <laughs> they're obviously gonna look amazing in in these compilations. Yeah, um, and I R9, do think that I just, is. I love the Brazilian flair. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's perfect for compilations because when it doesn't come off. It's not in the compilation, but yeah, when it you comes can just off, edit it, it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, can I, I? Can I just? Can I just say the reason I'm not put R9 in? Yeah. yeah. Firstly, I, I forgot about R9, and Ow. second of all, at the very least, if I will give an argument, it's about it's about a six or seven year spell mm. where he's really good. It's yeah. not an That's incredibly fair. long career. And when, yeah. don't get me wrong, I think he could arguably be top if we're talking peak. Yeah, at the, the very least, if I'm going to argue it. It's because it wasn't too long. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Gareth, um, your thoughts on R nine? 
Yeah, I mean, similar reasons for James, who I didn't put him higher on this list. Um, I think when if we were just talking about pure ability, what I think um, I've I've got this saying. I'm going to save it for later in the podcast, but I've got this saying that I really want to pull out right now. But I'll, I'll save it. Um, but if we're just saying like at their best, you know, their their peak, R9's up there in the debate for sure. But like James said. Um, just those injuries kind of ruined him and when we're talking about the greatest as opposed to the best um that is where like your legacy just gets damaged really and it's it's really really unfortunate i think him and adriano are two of the biggest um mm. missed not like because like both of them were phenomenal for a few years um but like it, we just could have had so much more out of both of them uh if if situations had gone differently um and it's just really really sad um but at least R9, he hit like a ridiculous peak before those injuries. And then even after that, to come back, do what he did in the World Cup 2002 off the back of that injury was just ridiculous. And then again, the move to Real Madrid where he was still a world-class striker, not quite as good as what he had been previously, but still, you know, you could see the quality. And if if he just hadn't had those injuries, the, the burst was still there at times. But the technical ability as well, the way he would just shrug defenders off is just ridiculous. Um yeah, probably the most entertaining striker to watch of all time, which is why I think a lot of people do have him as their number one. Um, but yeah, I think when we're talking about uh, the greatness, um, he didn't win the Champions League as well, which obviously um, doesn't help. Like oh, I didn't in those, even realize that. Yeah, in those years, like oh, um, yeah. there weren't as many. Uh, well, it wasn't as easy for teams no, in the big five easy, leagues yeah. to play in the Champions League. So he had a lot of years in the UEFA Cup and stuff like yeah. that. Um, it won yeah, that those with years, like, UEFA Cups are probably better than Champions Leagues. <laughs> and a lot of times, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the time they were, and the Cup Winners Cup as well won that with Barcelona. He won everything except for the Champions League, and then was obviously in the AC Milan squad when they won it, but was cup tied because he played for Real Madrid. It was just, it's it's one of it. It gets me sad, <laughs> like talking about because I don't <laughs> I don't want to like um do it in a way that's slanderous towards him, but I do just think. We're talking about legacy and stuff, and it's really, really sad that he just wasn't able to get the chance to fully prove what he was about across his entire career. That's he literally fair. lost like two and a half years, yeah, like, yeah just in did. one period, just straight up. And it's that, just like, that injury against Lazio to come back from horrible. that, yeah, but to come back from that and do what he did at the World Cup also then oh, elevates it even more. But then also you have missed those two and a half years, so it's just it's really difficult. Okay, let's move on to the man he tied with. Jared Muller. James, you ranked Jared Muller pretty highly. You had him second, second yeah. greatest striker of all time. I'm just a massive Gerd Muller fanboy. What can <laughs> I say? Just scored a lot of goals, positive record for West Germany. 68 games, 62 goals. Sorry, 62 games, 68 goals. He didn't scored play for a the hell good of a lot of, of goals Germany, in the World Cups, Euros. Pretty much pretty much won the pretty much won Euro 72 by himself. Scored <laughs> 10 goals in the World Cup 1970. I believe he had nearly a positive record for Bayern Munich. I, I said it all in the last podcast. This guy was just a pure goal machine and a good footballer at that as well. For mm. won three European Cups in a row. There's not much else I, I really need to say. Yeah. Just okay. ridiculous. Uh Gareth, yeah. your thoughts fairly Yeah. I had him in fourth. Um, the goal scoring is, I mean, you you look at the numbers, they speak for itself. He was kind of inevitable for a long time. Um you know, if if he needed a goal, he would he would just go and get it for for Bayern. Um, but again, like he, he 
it, it's hard to make this point because he did have a, a really underrated all-round game. The thing people always say about Gerdmuller is like, great goal scorer, not a great footballer, which isn't true. Um, compared to the, to the to the greats of the game, obviously, this is why he dropped down a little bit. Compared to like a, a an R9 or something, or, or a Thierry Henry even, the all-round game wasn't as good, but he still was very, very good. So I don't want to take it away from him too much, but that's the reason he's in fourth as opposed to second, for example. Like that 85 goal is. year as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't win the Ballon d'Or somehow. <laughs> okay, the runner-up. The second greatest striker of all time. The man, the myth himself. The man who ran so uh, Darwin Nunes could walk. Luis Suarez. <laughs> Ten points. Second on Garrett's. Third on James. Third on mine. So we all basically had him about the same second slash third. Um, Gareth, take it away. Yeah, I mean, Luis Suarez is a controversial figure for a lot of people because <laughs> I love of, him. The dog because of because of various things. Um, the racism against Patrice Everett Everett aside, um, oh, that's an L. That's an L. Yeah, yeah. I I I love him. The way he plays is just unreal. Like you said, he's he's just a dog. He's a proper South American striker. And, love it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a shame that Uruguay and Argentina aren't one country because they would have won the world cup if they had him oh, and Messi together. Oh, imagine. Delet um, has an idea really quickly, just, just so I can drop this idea. Cause it's wild to unite the African nations as one footballing nation. And then that yeah. way they'll stop going to Europe. But yeah, anyways, that, although then nobody would get in the team. Well, yeah, most no. of them wouldn't get in the team because <laughs> yeah. there would be so many great players. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it, but what he did at that Copper America in 2011 it was just simply unreal. Just dragging, not dragging, because that Uruguay team were good. But like, but he, <laughs> yeah. um, he was just the, the best player at that tournament. Absolutely unreal. So, and throughout the different various World Cups, obviously this last one he was a bit past it, so we won't include yeah. that one. But the other ones as well, he's performed really well for a team that ultimately just aren't great anymore um well they're still very good but just yeah they're not ever going to win a world cup if they had it would have been a miracle I mean, um yeah what he did for barcelona that 2015-16 season especially is just yeah. ridiculous the goals he put away um the quality of goals um and then also his all-round play his work rate his defending from the front his pressing um, and then also his his link up players assists. And again, I said this in the greatest uh, players uh, po uh, podcast where it's like, yes, he did have Messi, Neymar, Xavi, all these great players playing around him. Actually, Xavi was gone by that point, wasn't he? Uh, he was. Uh, he, Xavi's yeah. last season was Suarez's first season. First. Yeah, yeah. But Iniesta was still there, and then Rakitic was phenomenal at that point yeah, as well. So, um, R.I.P. Rakitic. So there were still all these great players um, around him, but the best players all play in great teams. So I, obviously that team was yeah, exactly. fully ridiculous, but his numbers and his all-round game was fully ridiculous as well. Not just in that season, but his, his time at Barcelona. Obviously before that, um, you've also got a, a great spell with Liverpool where he almost dragged them to a title. If that had happened, again, his legacy is even greater, Higher. but sometimes it just doesn't fall for you. Um, but then to go to be kicked out of Barcelona eff effectively, even though he was clearly still good enough, this mm -hmm. was a massive mistake from them. Huge. And then go and win uh, Atleti uh, that that title. Um, it's All just because uh, of the dog. That's how you can tell yeah, he's the dog. In <laughs> that that's exactly it. He's proper Uruguayan forward. Um, and yeah, uh, I I love him. I love watching him at least anyway. Um, 
And for me, he's because he didn't have any of those major injuries. That's why I put him just above R9 because he was able to go and do it for that long period. And I think his peak, I think R9 would have reached a bigger peak, but it, the injuries took that from us. I think he was he wasn't at his best when he got injured. I think he would have got better. But what we've seen, what was actually there, the actual legacy that lives. I think Suarez's peak is better, and I think his longevity is better as well. So for that reason, I put him above R9. Fair. James, your thoughts on Suarez? Um, so there's a there's a phrase about Atletico Madrid in, under Diego Simeone. Um, if you don't do well under Simeone, it's if you're a striker, sorry, and you don't do very well under Simeone, it's because of the system. If you do well under Simeone, then you're world-class. And that's mm, what Luis Suarez fair. proved. That's what yeah. Luis Suarez proved. The goals he scored for them to win that league title was incredible. Um, as I said in the last podcast, best, probably the best Liverpool player, in my opinion, ever, just in terms of mm. quality. Um, scored all those goals for Real, uh, for Real Madrid, imagine, for Barcelona, <laughs> um, Uruguay, Copa America, even the 2010 World Cup, he was very good. I know Forlan yeah. gets all the credit for that, but Suarez is very good. Scored two against South Korea. And he was um, robbed. I said this in the in the other podcast as well, but he shouldn't have been sent off. There was an offside in the build-up yes, yeah, and, yes. <laughs> and he should not have been sent off. Anyway. Oh god. But and like what we said about Gerd Muller, it's very easy to pay for people to say, oh, just a striker. No, 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 not Suarez. This guy was a great football player. Mm. He's the Bats. most complete striker, I think, um, in terms I've of like have, having all those goals, yeah. the pressing, the defending from the front, the link up play, uh, the creativity. Shit like he you. had everything and yeah he had that as well to his game um it's something that a lot of people love with maradona and will praise maradona for but then won't praise luis suarez um look if you gotta bite someone i just say if you're a bit hungry mid-game just have yeah, a little snack just have a chance have, have a play taste. football on empty stomach exactly <laughs> have a taste okay let's move in to number one greatest striker of all time first on everybody's list the man the myth the legend pele himself I'm going to step back and let you two appreciate him here because we got three minutes on the Zoom and I don't want to start a new one. So this is all y'all. Take it away, guys. Go ahead, Go Jarrett. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, the King, Pele. Yeah, a lot of people would say not really a proper out-and-out striker. We agreed to that we were going to consider him as a striker for the sake of these series of podcasts that we're going to do about best players in different positions because we don't want to have someone's counting him as a midfielder and then someone's counting him as a striker and he yeah. doesn't get the proper respect he deserves. So that's why we've counted him as a striker. Um, his primary role in the team or like he was a goal scorer, ultimately over a thousand goals. And we're not going to get into the nitty gritty as to how many were scored in his back garden. There's over a thousand legit goals in there. So um, I don't think it's quite as high as he claimed, but there is still a lot. Um, but again, this is like, for me, if you watch uh, that 1970 World Cup final, you see uh, the epitome of Pele opens the scoring, obviously. But then in that Carlos Alberto goal, he drops very deep, um, starts the move or doesn't start the move, but he's involved early on in the move. And then he gets the assist as well, um, which is a great finish. And it's just a sideways pass. It's not a magnificent assist by any means, but... It just shows that like he's involved in every aspect of the play um, for, for Brazil, especially in that 1970 World Cup, which is where I've seen most of Pele because I've watched all those games. Um, he was phenomenal in that World Cup, four goals. I think it's seven assists, um, which again shows you nice. he's not just a goal scorer. Um, I, again, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but watch his game against Uruguay. It's one of the greatest or the most interesting performances of, of all time because the first half, he's just atrocious. And then the second half, he's just phenomenal. And it's again, I don't think he scores in that game, but he's just 
insane his all-round play um yeah what more can you say about him he's the king i think everyone kind of knows how good he is really um even if you've not watched that much yep. if you've watched little yeah. bits you can you kind of get the, the gist and he really was that good pretty much all the time obviously his peak early in the 60s i think or late 50s early 60s but then the renaissance he had uh in in the late 60s early 70s as well uh well 1970s specifically is just unreal from him james your thoughts um, I've decided he is now off my list because he never finished as a top scorer at the World Cup. He is now a fraud. <laughs> Gone. Fraud. No, I'm joking. Uh, goal machine. Did it for probably the the best World Cup uh, winning side ever in Brazil. Mm. Was at Santos for how many years? A really good quality league at the time as well. Scored loads and loads of goals. And what more? what more do I need to say than what Gareth said? Yeah, he's the king. A joke. He's the king. You can't. King. A legend. Well, that's our episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Be sure to join us next episode where we're going to be ranking the top 10 best wingers of all time. We'll see you guys then. Top five. Oh, all sorry. Right. Top five. Top five. Gareth's right. <laughs>